When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey campers, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Poseidon. This week we're talking about chapters one through three of The Lightning Thief. So hold on to your pants. It's time to find out your best friend is actually part goat. All right, Manasa, are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a lot happens in these three chapters, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, I think it took me a maximum of like 13 minutes to read. Yeah, I was like typing up the summaries and I was like so much, I feel like I'm reading the whole chapter right here because so much happens. You learn so much in such a short amount of time. You really jump right into the, the action in these. Also, just like the fact that it is a children, like there are children's books, like children don't have yes. attention span, which I am really grateful for because I also don't have an attention span. <laughs> You're like, same. <laughs> yeah, I am also a child. So that way that he just kind of dives into the immediate action. We don't just like follow him around for like six weeks with nothing happening. It's like day one. Here we go. Here we go. Demigod. Yeah, yeah it's great. All right, right. so how we are going to do this, we're going to have Manasa give us an overall quick summary of the next three chapters, and then we are going to alternate who is summarizing each chapter and then go over some funny talking points and any questions we have after the chapter together. Um, So I'll be doing odd chapters, and Manasa's doing even chapters. All right, so to summarize chapters one through three, it's pretty simple on an overview. We just basically meet Percy Jackson, who is our 12-year-old protagonist. And through the chapters, we kind of figure out what his life is like before he kind of discovers he's a demigod. But then we slowly follow his journey of discovering he's a demigod. He doesn't find out by the end of these three chapters, but he starts getting a good amount of hints that he does not recognize because he's a little bit of an idiot. All right, so chapter one, um, and I absolutely adore the chapter titles in these books. I know that a lot of people sometimes don't enjoy chapter titles because they give away like what is going to happen in the next however many pages, but I think they're fun because the Percy Jackson ones especially are always so absurd, and I'm like, so how does that happen? (laughs) And then (laughs) it does happen. It does happen in some weird way. Yeah, I will say... I definitely miss books that had, like, named chapter titles and then, like, a map in the beginning of the book. Same. Oh, yes. Or, like, a family tree that you just follow and trace with your finger. Oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with Honestly, those. Honestly, I could use that in, like, adult books that I read because I get confused about who's who sometimes when there's, yeah. like, too many characters, especially if they have similar names. Oh. Name their children after themselves I'm and their like, children's only children. Have- like three main characters, please. It's what most people can handle, I think. Yeah, yeah. We are simple, simple folk. We are simple folk. Yeah. So we got chapter one. I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. And so I'm just going to read the opening line because it's iconic. All of the opening lines in these books are iconic, but this one's the best. Look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. Whew, so good. So in this opening chapter, we start off by meeting Percy Jackson, a 12-year-old troubled ADHD dyslexic kid who has a history of getting kicked out of schools. And we find out that he's been going to a new school every single year, and he has a tendency to get kicked out of said schools on field trips. And so, of course, we find him on a field trip. At the beginning of the novel, <laughs> which is great. You, you would think that a teacher would look at his previous record and be like, so you always tried to, like, you know, destroy the entire class when you go on a field trip. Maybe we give you an alternative as- assignment. No, they just, like, <laughs> try again. They're just, like, round two. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Yikes. So he's at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City with his class, and we're introduced to the fact that he has one single friend, Grover Underwood, and his favorite teacher is Mr. Brunner, and his least favorite teacher is Mrs. Dodds, and then there's that bitch Nancy Boba Fett, (laughs) who just keeps, she's eating a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich, which sounds disgusting, 
because I, I like especially hate ketchup. Does anyone like, I don't know if people actually eat that. If they do, um, I'm concerned. <laughs> Seems like white people food. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> it's like, oh, this ketchup is spicy. <laughs> Adding some spice to my sandwich. I love that. And so that's literally all the characters were introduced to. It's easy to wrap your head around, you know, not a million characters, don't need a family tree. And we learned that Percy, not only does he only have one friend, but like he's been transferring schools, so he doesn't retain any friends from his previous schools. He just has this one kid named Grover who's described as a, he's a disabled kid. He has curly hair and often is wearing a Rasta cap and is just like super awkward and shy and kind of weak. <laughs> I love Grover. <laughs> And so we see Percy is in the Greek and Roman section of the museum, of course, where mm. Mr. Brunner, his that favorite teacher, and who is also the, the like Latin and Greek and Roman teacher, which is a very fancy subject to have at a like middle school. It's a private okay. school. I mean, it's I, a private I guess, school thing. Like, uh, it's like yeah. How else Anyone? will you know that you have an expensive education if you, for some reason, don't know not Latin? Yeah, everyone I met in college who like was like, I took philosophy when I was in 10th grade. I'm like, okay, so you're rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Mr. Brunner then proceeds to quiz him on, specifically on the topic of Kronos eating his children. And is acting a little bit mysterious with Percy. He's specifically asking Percy to explain the myth with Kronos eating his children and asking Percy why it's important for him to know. And then after Percy is like kind of humiliated in front of the class, he answers the question mostly right, but he's put on the spot. Afterwards, Mr. Brenner pulls him aside and tells him that he needs to learn why it's important. That part always irked me because, like, the whole point of, you know, them trying not to let Percy know that he's a demigod is to keep him safe. And so if Mr. Brenner in this public space on a field trip, which is, like, notoriously bad for Percy, is like, why is it important that you know the history of Cronus eating his children? What is the real answer? The only real answer that applies to Percy is because I am a demigod. Yeah. And also the fact that they know, like, Mr. Brunner and Grover are both suspicious of a certain someone at the school of being a monster. And they're like, let's just out this kid as being a demigod in front of everyone. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. In my brain, I was like, oh, they were surprised that that... What a shock. <laughs> that, that she ended up being a monster. But now you're right. That at one point, Grover does say, like, oh, she's not human. Like, he definitely yeah. recognizes she's mm -hmm. a monster. Mm -hmm. And she's on this field trip. Like, how... And they know Percy's not good at field trips. <laughs> yep. I'm so frustrated for him. Yep. So after this scene, the class proceeds to go outside for lunch, and it's stormy outside, unusually stormy, but nobody but Percy seems to notice or care. Percy mentions that it's been really stormy lately, and that he wouldn't be surprised if suddenly, like, a hurricane or a tornado appeared in New York. And <laughs> so Nancy Boba Fett, that bitch, comes over and dumps her lunch on Grover, which makes Percy really, really mad. So he proceeds to... He doesn't know how he does this, but suddenly the fountain explodes and the water reaches out and attacks Nancy. But, you know, of course, Percy has no idea how this happened, nor does he ever think about this instance again when he later learns that his parent is a, is a god and he's a demigod. He doesn't think about the fact that he's made used water to attack people before. He just lets it go. <laughs> He's like, who could my father be? <laughs> He's like, is there a god of skateboarding? That's who I belong to. I love skateboarding. <laughs> god. So then, of course, P Percy gets in trouble and Mrs. Dodds takes Percy inside to back into the museum for some sort of punishment. And Grover tries to go with Percy, but Mrs. Dodds is like, no, just Percy. And then Grover just stays. Which no offense to Grover, yeah, he's kind of like high key useless. We I can know. I love that later. Him. Like I love <laughs> Grover. He's an amazing character, but he didn't even follow the person he's supposed to be protecting when someone he suspected was a monster. Like no shame on. Like I don't want anyone to think I'm a I'm Grover bashing because I love I love Grover, but I just think he's. He's a little useless at his job. <laughs> How does he protect? He protects by being an emotional support. Yes. You know? And he plays his little reed pipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. 
So he goes in after Mrs. Dodds and she's like kind of being sketchy. She's leading him all the way back to the Greek and Roman section again. And then suddenly, <laughs> Percy says, the quote, the weirdest thing happened, which is a great way to describe this. <laughs> Very simple. The strangest Just thing happened. He's so calm about He's the stupidest so shit. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, so he says, her eyes began to glow like barbecue coals. Her fingers stretched, turning into talons. Her jacket melted into large leathery wings. She wasn't human. She was a shriveled hag with bat wings and claws and a mouth full of yellow fangs. And she was about to slice me to ribbons. So, Manasa, how accurate is this to um, Greek lore? I'm sorry. I love that he's like, she's a hag now. <laughs> <laughs> she's a shriveled hag. <laughs> So I did a little bit of research. I used Google.com. Oh, and yes. um, so basically, uh, Mrs. Dodd is what we later find out to be and named to be a fury, which yes. I always read as furry, which is a different <laughs> genre entirely. Be a very different story. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're actually the goddesses of vengeance. There's a, a, a couple of them. I believe they're all sisters. And mm. they're also called... Aaron Yes, which it I'm smelled s- like Aaron Yes. <laughs> Aaron was very excited about which this. is my name. Yes, <laughs> Aaron No or Humanities. <laughs> I'm just like a heads up for future listeners, etc. I will butcher every single Greek word I come across. Mm-hmm. Me too. Forgive me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so they live in the underworld and they come up to pursue the wicked. And so they essentially listen to the complaints of kind of the underdogs, like the young, old people, etc. And they just, <laughs> you know, attack the wicked. And mm. one of the my favorite things reading about it is like one of the list of the kinds of people listed in the wicked section are people who are mean to their guests. <laughs> Which we, oh, we all know. We all know in Greek mythology, it's like very big. We all we all know. Um, it's very big that like you should always treat guests like God because you never know when your guests could be a god in disguise. Right, right. And I think that's really cool because in Hinduism as well, it's supposed mm-hmm. there's like one of the main acts is treating your guests like God. Mm. It's also in, like, two of some of the oldest religions in the world have very similar themes, which is very cool, I think. That's interesting. So that's just something that I've always, that's why, like, Erin, you know, when you come over to my parents' house, it's like you're a little bit over-treated and pampered. It's like, what yes. do you eat? What do you like to drink? What would you like us to do for you? It's, like, auto- always like that. I love it. Um, <laughs> as the guest as the guest yeah depending on the author they either have like bat wings dogs heads like coal black bodies snakes for hair and bloodshot eyes so percy's Ooh. description isn't too far off mm-hmm. it's like and a just, modern like, version with like you know instead of bat wings they're like leather jacket wings <laughs> yeah and also just like instead of like coal black body and dog head it's just like a hag <laughs> yeah that's yeah, an easy way to put it yeah yeah I love that. All right. So, so that one's pretty – that's – I think the theories are cool. <laughs> they, they, they're pretty cool. But cool. They're yeah. cool. So as Percy is staring down this fury that he doesn't know is a fury, he just thinks it's Mrs. Dodd suddenly. <laughs> he's just like – it's just a weird thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, he says that things get stranger. So Mr. Brunner appears and tosses Percy a pen that suddenly turns into a t- sword when he grabs it. And then Percy just swings it and Mrs. Dodds is dead in about – like a sentence which i love that he's just this 12 year old who gets a sword and he's like oh okay straight up murders his math teacher he murders his math teacher (laughs) um and he's really confused afterwards he's standing alone mr brunner is gone he's just standing alone in the greek and roman section so he just kind of meanders back outside to go find grover um and he tries to find out what happened because he's very confused and he asks about mrs dodds everyone proceeds to deny her existence including mr brunner and they all seem to believe that the teacher is called mrs kerr and at the end of the chapter the chapter ends with mr brunner saying percy there is no mrs dodds on this field trip as far as i know there's never been a mrs dodds at yancey academy are you feeling all right 
<laughs> it's the same vibe of every horror movie of like, there hasn't been a mine caller in this part in 50 years. <laughs> yes, there is no person working in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a few thoughts on this chapter. I mean, mm. it's great. I love it. Um, first of all, I love the, how much they're gaslighting Percy, which you will go over more in the next chapter because it just gets worse. Um, and I want to talk about, well, first of all, I want to add to the list of reasons why Percy is kind of a dumbass that I love. The fact that so many things related to water have already been mentioned in regards to like his unusual relationship to water. The water attacks Nancy. Also, he mentions that the tank at his field trip at one of his previous schools when they were at an aquarium suddenly, like they're all suddenly swimming with sharks. And he's like, oops, I don't know how that happened. I accidentally pushed a lever, which doesn't seem like something that you should have been able to do as like a fourth grader on a field trip. Yeah. And I just love that this continues to accumulate water-related things, and he continues to not think he's Poseidon's kid. Okay, but an interesting thought about that is Poseidon is one of the big three. So mm -hmm. I think it'd be kind of a little bit obnoxious if Percy was like, I believe my father is one of the big three. And also the, the big three, Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon, we later find out, have sworn an oath to never mm -hmm. have children because their children are just like, too powerful right so i feel like everyone's just like in denial they're like it cannot be poseidon what else is percy good at which is nothing no offense to percy <laughs> he's like water <laughs> he's like one water two skateboarding water <laughs> yeah i love the idea that they never he never mentions like all of the skateboarding kids I knew growing up, especially in middle school, all they could talk about was skateboarding. Oh my God, all they yeah. did was skateboard. Everything about them was skateboarding. I think Percy like mentions he like knows about a skateboard once and we're supposed to believe he's a skateboarding kid. This is incorrect. Yeah. This is not Real realistic. skateboarding kids, all they do is skate. They bring their skateboard everywhere. <laughs> they always have like cuts and scrapes and they like want you to ask where you got where they got it so they can be like, Oh, I was skateboarding. <laughs> Um, I also really love that. So in this first chapter, it's mentioned that Percy is ADHD. Um, and I don't know. Do you know the story of like how Rick came up with the idea for these novels? Like, did he not just like come up with it in a dream? No. Oh. <laughs> I wish that happened to everyone. Um, he apparently his he has one of his kids is ADHD and dyslexic. And his kid basically just like wanted a bedtime story. And he came up with this whole thing like to create a character that represented his kid. And then it, it clearly spiraled. And now he's like, a very famous author with like a bajillion books. But I think that's such a pure like origin story it's from very cute. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. I love it. And my last comment on this section <laughs> is just that I'd like to talk about Mr. Brunner because he's described as like smelling like coffee and wearing his tweed jacket. And I just want to say like, he's kind of a zaddy <laughs> and I don't want to take any comments from you. That's all I want to say. Aaron, a what? A zaddy. It's like a daddy, but like, I don't know. The kids say it these days. I'm going to Google it. No, I don't. I don't want to know it's what a, comes up. Okay. It's a noun used for a handsome, fashionable, sexy man with swag. With swag. I hate that so much. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I just, you know, Mr. Brunner's described more attractively than, like, I remembered when I was a kid. Because <laughs> we were into <laughs> Percy when we were yes. a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think now I'm like, well, I can't be into this 12-year-old, so I guess I'll go for the horse man. <laughs> Who's, like... I feel like an immediate turnoff is the fact that he teaches Latin. Like, what is yeah, He would be so yeah. pretentious. I would kill him. He'd be really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you should retract your statement okay. and never, never say something never like that Never say it again? again? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry for, for my offensive language. All right. That's the end of chapter one. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right. I'll, so I'll um, kind of summarize chapter two, which is called... Three old ladies knit the socks of death. Dun, dun. So picking up where Aaron left off, Percy is constantly gaslighted by his teachers and his friends into thinking that Mrs. Dot Mrs. Dodds never existed. Like everyone he talks about is like Mrs. Kerr. Miss Kerr has been our teacher forever. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're already a weirdo. We think you're extra <laughs> weird. And then his one friend is also like 
uh, yeah, I don't agree with the, that Mrs. Dodds ever existed, but Grover's not good at lying, so it just kind of gives it away. So which actually kind of adds to it a little bit more because Percy's like, I feel crazy, but I'm giving a little bit of like leg room because Grover is not looking me in the eye when he lies to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, naturally, Percy starts failing all of his classes because he's emotionally abused by everyone around him. And Yancey Academy sends him a letter saying, you know, you suck and you should not be returning <laughs> to the Academy following year. Like, you're going to have to think of something else. So that's kind of how he goes into finals. So obviously, you know, if someone told me that I was failing and was like, you're not anyway going to come back. Like, why would you even try? But he really wants Mr. Mr. Brunner, who he really cares about and likes, who thinks he's cool and believes in him, not to think that Percy kind of gave up. So he's like actually studying for his Latin final and he kind of stuck. So he goes over to the classroom with Mr. Brunner. And he overhears Grover and Mr. Brunner talking about him. Basically, kind of in summary, being like, there was a kindly one at school. Um, Percy's in mortal danger. We should tell him about everything that's going on. But Mr. Brunner's like, no, that'll put him in more danger. And they're also, like, really weird about the summer solstice. Mm. And something that I really love about Percy is that, yes, he's in mortal danger. But he's more upset about the fact that his friend is talking behind about him behind his back. Like that's that's the thing. In order of importance, it's like, one, my friend is gossiping about me. Two, I might die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that would probably have also been mine at 12. <laughs> and arguably now. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, Percy is stewing about it. He takes his final. Mr. Brunner is not good with children and basically <laughs> says, you know, it's best that you don't come back. <laughs> which so we, mean. Which we all, in front of everyone else too, which is just a mean thing to say. And Percy takes that exactly how he should take it, where he's like, oh, I'm already, you know, emotionally abused by all of you and feeling really bad, so I'm just going to go cry. And then he heads home. He, like, lives really close. He's really excited to see his mom, which I love his relationship with his mom. And... He and Grover end up being on the same bus back. So he kind of confronts Grover because I think it's like, oh, women in this enclosed space. We're on this bus. And he confronts him in the funniest way. He's like, they're having a casual conversation. And then Percy goes, and will the kindly one be there? I love and that so much. It's so passive. And at the same time, very aggressive. So then Grover kind of freaks out because he's like, how did you know? And, oh, what do you know? What information do you know? And that's when Grover gives him a business card basically saying, I, you know, live at Camp Half-Blood. You should come here. And if you're ever feeling in danger or contact me, I'm actually here to protect you. First, he's like, you're a weakling. I don't believe you. Also, (laughs) I'm really disappointed that my friend who I thought was my equal is actually really rich and has a whole, like, summer house. Which is, like, Percy, yeah. again, not just, like, missing the point entirely. Yeah. The bus has some, like, gas issues and this and that, so it pulls over. And while they're waiting for the bus to refuel or fix itself or whatever the heck it needs to do, <laughs> Percy sees across the street at an old fruit stand three women. And they're described as all three women looked ancient, with pale faces wrinkled like fruit leather, Silver hair tied back in white bandanas, bony arms sticking out of bleached cotton dresses. And the one on, I think, the right is, like, knitting one giant blue sock. The other one's knitting another giant blue sock on the other end. And the middle Are one's Are they tree just... socks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about tree socks. <laughs> I don't know if... I, tree socks became, like, a national thing. They started in our hometown. <laughs> god some some really bored old suburban white mom was knitting some socks for trees maybe she was a one of the fates <laughs> cutting string hoping all of us like ungrateful high school students died yeah yeah and put socks on trees <laughs> well the middle one is holding the ball of yarn which sounds mm-hmm. like the most boring job just mm-hmm. to hold the ball of yarn and they make kind of direct eye contact with percy and then cut a piece of yarn. And Percy kind of, his, I think, intuition is like, that was weird. Something was really ominous about that. I hated that. And then Grover, who was like, did you look at those women and did they look at you? 
and what did they do? And when Percy explains it, Grover has a full meltdown, mm. which is like, us knowing what we know is fair. But at the same time, Percy's like, oh, cool, you're insane as well. That's good. And yeah, Percy's kind of just like, very weirded out. <laughs> which is fair. And so I actually did a little bit, again, of Googling of the fates. And so the fates, I was more intrigued by, like, even in, like, Hercules, the animated movie. And anytime they show you the fates in any kind of media, they're always old. And I was like, I want a beautiful, young fate. But... I honestly think that the reason that they're always, they're described as old hags or crones. But I think the reason that is, is because I think it'd be really horrible if like, you know, Zeus was like, well, you know, you're pretty good looking. I wouldn't mind like, you know, getting together with you. He would. Yeah, no control. But they're kind of described exactly how Percy describes them. They all have a different role when it comes to fate. Like, the spinner, the allotter, and the unturnable. And the cool thing about them is no one has control over them. Like, the gods have no control over what the fates decide. And the whole idea, a lot of Greek mythology, is built around the fact of, like, trying to defy the prophecy only to fall into the prophecy exactly. Right. I like the fates. They're so cool. I like that they're not controlled by any of the gods and everything. They're also, like, unfeeling and cold. Because they have to be. They have to kind of just do their job. If they suddenly decide, like, okay, you're my favorite, you'll never die. That'll be super problematic as well. True. Yeah. And so, essentially, the chapter ends with Grover thinking that Percy is going to die and having a breakdown on this bus. And Percy being, like, 100% done with it. Mm -hmm. So, some thoughts I had is... The mist. So basically we know that the reason that Mrs. Dodds is removed from Percy's... Also, Mrs. Dodds, like, is she married? <laughs> I really want to know why she, as a, as her human self, decided to be a missus. Like, who's the husband? Did she create a backstory? Did she actually get married as a human? Does she have a whole life? <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, suddenly disappeared because, you know, she gets killed by a 12-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. But the mist, we know it's pretty powerful, but is it so powerful? Like, I don't understand how it works. Is this Miss curse created out of thin air? Was she doing something else and suddenly the mist kind of picks her up and places her in everyone's memory? Because it, like, it couldn't know that unless... Is the mist personified? Does it know things? I don't know. I have so because many questions. We, like, we continue to learn more about it, and the more, like, we learn throughout this series and the next series and all of them, like, it becomes more confusing. Like, I don't, like, it's, like, tied to, like, magic, and, like, I don't know. I don't know how the mist works. I just know that it makes mortals believe things, and also some demigods. So. Yeah. Who, where did she weird. come from? <laughs> I also had a question. So Percy, we know that he's dyslexic. And mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why he has a lot of trouble just in school in general. And like no one offers to help him or, you know, give him special learning accommodations, etc. Because, you know, school systems. They suck. My question was, is learning Latin like, so we know that he's better suited for ancient greek that's why all demigods are dyslexic is that their mm -hmm. mind wants to read ancient greek so is latin like reading latin when your mind wants to read ancient greek the equivalent of like trying to read spanish as a native english speaker or is that too similar is it like trying to read arabic as an english speaker i don't know because like because, like, the actual languages, like, Latin and Greek are very, very different. <clears throat> and, like, mm. Latin's much closer to, to English than Greek. Um, like, if I were to look at something in Latin, I might be able to be like, I think I know what that means, because in Spanish it means this. But, like, the Greek and Roman, especially, like, way, spoiler, way, way down the line in Heroes of Olympus, like, we learn that the Greek and Roman, like, demigods are all very, like, they're, they're, they're closely related. And, like, the gods kind of have multiple versions of themselves and so i i don't know because i would think that like latin would be like like it's a little bit wrong when percy looks at it but it's like also his dad can be the roman version of i don't know that part confuses me because <laughs> <laughs> they're not super similar languages no they're not at all yeah and is it just because they made him a Latin teacher because, like, it would be extra weird? Like, no student would take ancient Greek. 
Yeah, it would be too <laughs> obvious to be the ancient Greek teacher. <laughs> also, I really love how they kind of set up Percy in his character in the sense of like when his the main thing that bothers him about the conversation between Mr. Brunner and Grover is the fact that, you know, his friend is gossiping about him. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows that his main concern is loyalty. Like that is number one. He is 100% a Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on to chapter three? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Um, So chapter three, chapter title, Grover unexpectedly loses his pants. Love that one. Lots of of ways that could go. (laughs) (laughs) So our final chapter in this episode, it opens up with Percy at the bus station, promptly ditching his one friend. Um, I feel so bad for Grover because Grover's like panicking at the bus station about um, seeing the fates and really freaked out. And Percy is just like, well, he's weird and just <laughs> leaves. Peace. <laughs> I want my mom. <laughs> he just kind of sneaks away. He says he leaves Grover like standing there muttering to himself going, why does this always happen? Why does it have to be sixth grade? And God. he just kind of walks away. Love that, Percy. So much for your loyalty. Um, (laughs) Good point. (laughs) So he goes on home um, to his home in New York City, um, hoping to see his mom. But instead, we meet Gabe Ugliano, a.k.a. Smelly Gabe, um, who is Percy's stepdad. So we learn some backstory on Percy's family. We learn that he never knew his birth dad and his mom always said his dad was lost at sea just gonna pause there for a second to um <laughs> let that sink in and then acknowledge that percy never seems to remember that when he finds out his dad is a god <laughs> and we learn that his mom remarried this guy named gabe who smells really bad and just like really really sucks like he really sucks he walks in and gabe's having like having a poker night with his with the boys um and he tries to ask percy for money to use in the game and percy's like i don't have any money and gabe's all like oh you should have some cash left from the bus ride and so gabe just really sucks and so percy is like his mom's at work so he goes off to hide in his room and then shortly later he's greeted by his mom who comes home from working at the candy shop and we just see that like percy adores his mother which is so sweet and pure. He just, he clearly hates Gabe. He doesn't want his mom to be with Gabe. He feels bad that his mom is there all year with Gabe while Percy is off at his boarding schools. He also has to tell his mom that he's leaving schools again, but she doesn't seem to really care. She says like, we'll figure it out. She's just really happy to see him. And she suggests that the two of them take a trip to Montauk, which I don't know if I'm saying correctly. I feel like like a New Yorker might strike me down if I said that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm from Seattle. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. It's fine. So, like, if I'm saying it wrong, I'm just, you know, take a deep breath. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So they decide to go on this, like, weekend trip to Montauk. Percy and his mom, and they go spend some quality time together. And they have a nice heart-to-heart on the beach about Percy's dad. Percy works up the courage to ask about his dad. And Sally says that he was kind, and Percy has his his eyes and his hair, I think his mom says. And his mom says that he, she actually met his dad at that very beach. And which is near another, the water? Is that near the what you're water. saying? Interesting. She met interesting. his dad. Um, and also, he's just set off on a, like a voyage, a sea voyage in the Atlantic. <laughs> I feel like his mom is just dropping like pretty big bad bread crumbs, crumbs, and he's just like, huh. Also, it's, my like, dad. very unimaginative. I can totally imagine, like, a, like a four-year-old person being like, where's my father? And Sally being, I mean, lost at sea. So then they're talking about where Percy's going to go to school next year. And his mom seems worried and makes a comment about how, like, she thought he would be safe at Yancey Academy. And clearly he wasn't. And it kind of alludes to the fact that, like, they all know that these weird things have been happening to Percy at all these schools. He keeps getting attacked by, like, monsters and things. Um, but nobody really... Like, most mortals are, don't, they're not going to believe him. His mom seems to, like, know that something, he keeps getting attacked and things keep happening. And she presses him to tell, like, did something happen to scare you at this school? And he denies it and he says no. 
So we learn that there's this summer camp that Percy's dad wanted to send him to. And then they stop talking for the rest of the evening. He, Percy's reached his limit with pressing questions about his dad. He can tell his mom's kind of turned away. And Percy's feeling kind of angry because his dad was never around. His dad left before he was even born. And like his dad now suddenly he finds out his dad wanted to send him to some random summer camp. Like he's just feeling like upset, rightfully so. So then that night, we get our first taste of prophetic and metaphorical demigod dreams, which I love. I love. I was going to say like, that made that when I read that, it reminded me of you. Like you're really into dreams. I am. I'm very into sleep and dreams. I like read a whole book recently about like the power of sleep and I'm very amped up about sleep. From my actual knowledge of like how dreams can be metaphorical, what you're supposed to take from dreams is like all the emotions you feel in your dreams. Like if you have a random dream about a specific person, it typically doesn't mean anything about that person. You're supposed to pay attention to your emotions because your brain continues processing like emotions and trauma in your sleep. It's very cool. But I will not digress anymore on that <laughs> one. But I do like that in this series and in also like a lot of just books in general, like dreams serve as like their their prophecy and they're also a way to like see what's happening in the world in terms of metaphor or actually we see like Percy will dream about people actually where they are in that moment and it's like a way to reach out to them which is really cool that's a nice demigod trick that they can do yeah so Percy's dream this is just like his dream is very clear like what he's dreaming of once you once you know so he's dreaming about a horse and an eagle fighting they're on a beach and there's a monstrous voice chuckling underneath them and egging them on and Percy's standing there and he feels like he needs to stop them in the dream and he's trying to stop them and he runs towards them and then he wakes up, which is very clearly we got our eagle Zeus and our horse Poseidon and our voice Kronos. Love that. <laughs> and he wakes up to a crazy, crazy storm going on outside, a hurricane, which doesn't happen in Long, on Long Island where he is. But Percy just kind of accepts that it's happening because he's like, eh, I kind of called this. There's been weird storms going on. And I don't believe there's... the hurricanes happened, like, in places that they don't at 12. Yeah. And even I, now. I definitely thought, like, a tornado would happen to me as a child. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't live anywhere fear. near that. Also yeah. quicksand, but you know. Oh, yeah. Where's the quicksand? Why is I it? I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. I should, <laughs> I should like, curse ask. myself. I know. Yeah, ask. And there's some on the door as the storm's going on and they open the door and it's Grover and Grover is pretty freaked out and Percy is really disconcerted because he notices something is different about Grover but during all of this he doesn't quite say what's different yet Grover is like we need something's going on we need to go and his mom's like Percy what happened at your last school and Percy's like uh well this lady turned into a crazy monster and attacked me but he's like mostly focused on the fact that Grover has goat legs <laughs> Sorry, Mom, I forgot to mention a monster attacked me. <laughs> so that's the end of that chapter. I have a few thoughts on it. First of all, I want a Sally Jackson spinoff. Oh my god. So Percy dives into her backstory, like her family, her parents die when she's very young in a plane crash. She's yeah. raised by an uncle. She can't afford to go to school. She meets Poseidon, which we don't know about, but like... Percy's dad has Percy, is raising him as a single mom while she goes and gets her GED, and now mm -hmm. he's taking night classes to be, a, what, a creative writer? Yeah, she wants to be an author, and she's like, also like Sally, like none of, I love all the memes I've seen where it's like none of Percy Jackson would happen if Sally had been smoking hot in like <laughs> the 90s or whatever he was born. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that. It's I mean, that's. Amazing. I feel like that's the case for Sally. every single demigod. Like, the gods don't look at them and be like, this, this <laughs> yeah. human mortal has a great personality. They're like, that mortal is banging hot. Well, like, that's what it, Athena only, like, has kids with people who she likes their brains. She has brain <laughs> children. So she's the one, you know? She's like, I like his personality. <laughs> I love how, like, that comes up later is just, like, such an awkward conversation. It's like, I was not I born know. normally. <laughs> and Percy's like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's so good. 
Um, oh, and also in this book, we learn about Percy and his mom's thing with blue food. Or in this chapter, we learn about that. So we learn that apparently Gabe at one point, Smelly Gabe, had said that blue food doesn't exist. And so then from then on, Sally made a point of like always buying blue candy and like dyeing food blue, which is like a very beautiful little rebellion of hers. And then also, I wanted to point out, so we know like a lot of the storming that's been going in the sky, like that Percy described earlier was like lightning and like forest fires from lightning striking trees and like storm clouds and everything and thunder clouds. But this one is a hurricane, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but Poseidon controls hurricanes. Yeah. So is he trying to get them out of Montauk into Camp Half-Blood? Oh, I thought it was more of, like, he is mad, because Zeus is mad that someone stole, Zeus is mad, I won't say why, and then Poseidon (laughs) is mad because Zeus is mad and accusing Poseidon, so it's just, like, again, that beach dream is that there's Mm -hmm. a hurricane because both of them are fighting each other. That's true, that's probably more accurate. Like, that it'd be is a nice good point. Poseidon, but it is weird that it's specifically like on that. Like it, it, it is like it seems like they're almost in the eye, the eye of the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they're almost there, and that makes me wonder. But I feel like I'm like, sir, you shouldn't use a hurricane to get someone out of the house. Just like knock on the door and just be like, hello, child. Yeah, um, maybe the hurricane is to slow down any monsters that might be coming after Percy. Ooh, that's a cool way to think about that. Yeah, because when I read it, I just assumed it was because he was mad, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, that's Poseidon, though. And we know, like, Zeus has been angry, just storming, raging up a storm, storming, I don't know. (laughs) Angry storming, storming around. (laughs) But but I didn't know, yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know if this was intentional or Poseidon's just, like, angry hurricaning. I mean, I want to say that it's, intentional but knowing that the the whole idea throughout the series is that gods don't really pay attention to their child like their mm-hmm. mortal children mm-hmm. i would believe that poseidon is just angry yeah he just kind of sucks yeah that's all that's all the gods do yeah. yeah all right so that is the end of our third chapter so that's the end of all three chapters for this episode do you want to bring us into our zeus's lightning bolt round questions so when I wrote these, they're not very lightning bolty. Like, they're not very rapid fiery. They're very, okay. like, deep thinking about your own personality. <laughs> but you have to answer it quickly. Yes. <laughs> First thing that comes to your mind. Or yeah. Zeus will strike you down. With his uh, stolen lightning bolt. Oops. Yes. Oops. Spoiler. Oops. Spoiler. Well, it is the name of Lightning the thief. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, realized halfway through my chapter that I'm like, we all know. Like, I don't know if you know. Like, yeah, I'm so but, sorry. But, like, you know, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that this is, a, this is not a first time that you're reading this. And if but... it is, welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> so, okay. So, my first question is, Percy is kind of described in the first chapter itself. And Sally is more in-depthly described Mm-hmm. But what did you imagine that they looked like as a child mm. versus maybe the second or third time you read it when you were older? As a kid, I mean, I think I've always kind of per- pictured Percy similarly. I mean, I just like think they describe him very well as like those green eyes and the dark hair. And I kind of pictured him as like kind of twiggy, like a classic like skater boy look. I don't know. I also like looked at the cover and saw him on there as a kid. So that might be like where I got the back of his head from. Yeah. <laughs> And Sally, I just always imagine kind of like a similar looking, but like not green eyes, because that's from Poseidon. That's fair. But now my vision, like, have you seen the drawings on on Rick's website? The like, there's really good drawings. Highly suggest you check them out of like okay. all the characters. And that okay. is now like the only thing I can see. There's Sally's on there too. Oh, really? Okay. Because mm-hmm. in my head, Sally was like, like a woman of color and maybe mm-hmm. Percy well I don't like I and then Percy is like definitely at least half like you know Middle Eastern yeah, he's Greek. Greek. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was like the vibe I had in my head. Like the hair was the same as the cover, obviously, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I, until I was like older and like on the internet and I saw versions of Percy where as like a white boy, I was like, Oh <laughs> okay, I'm not fair. Like I get that, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so second question. So in the first chapter, Percy goes through, you know, different things that's happened to him as a child. 
Mm -hmm. Maybe the third chapter. Sorry. Anyway, one of the things is like he's like a couple snakes slithered into his crib when he was in like like preschool and he ended up strangling them, which is I think something that happens to Perseus. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. In mythology. And there's a couple of other things where like clearly a cyclops tries to like get to him when he's at school as a child. Do you have any like maybe like if you – that the fact that you survived that as a baby would make you like a god kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I mean like in my actual babyhood? Yes, in your actual babyhood. I mean, I did get rammed into a pole at one point. And I survived. <laughs> you survived. I swan dived off of a grocery cart. Oh, yeah. Amazing. My sister swan dived off the changing table. <laughs> yeah. Babies are so destructive. They're so destructive. <laughs> My mom uh, had, like, I mean, she grew up in India, so she had mm-hmm. a lot of stories of, like, snakes coming, like a, like a king cobra slithering into her bedroom and stuff like that when she was mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like that would be hers. Though she didn't, she's not the one who, she just, like, screamed and ran away, like, a natural <laughs> reaction. She didn't try to strangle it. <laughs> but if she had been a god, she would have tried to strangle it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Or a demigod. Yeah. Or a demigod, yeah. All right, and the last question, this is a little bit, it can be controversial. Do you have a teacher, and don't name them because in case, uh, that you kind of think could have secretly been a monster? Yes. Yeah. You have to tell a story now. Wait, now I'm thinking, okay, um, I have to go rapid fire. Well, the first one that comes to mind is a teacher that we shared. Okay. I think I know which teacher you're talking about. Continue. Um, who just, like, I feel like she gives off a Mrs. Dodds vibe. <laughs> kind of cranky. Um, <laughs> didn't, I mean, I don't think she didn't, I think she liked me, so that's fine. But, um. She hated me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And another one that I think would have been a monster. I mean, the, see, I feel like I can't tell these, like, two, because you're like, oh, I know, I think I know who that is, because you went to the the same schools but another one i think of was a teacher who i believe was at our middle school and our high school who was um really gung-ho about dress code Mm, okay if you remember the specific person um, who was like a man who was like insane about dress coding 12 year olds and i'm like shut up like it's 90 degrees outside let the girl wear shorts i did not like that teacher but i don't feel like he was like a fury he would have been like a gross, misogynist I don't know. oh yeah a miso- yeah. <laughs> yeah just a misogynist yeah that's probably it <laughs> well i just remember that same teacher also just like removing the dance team from a list of sports even though we were yeah. number one because oh he didn't believe that girls a full girl woman's sport like dance is a real sport he was awful it was the worst he had wow. daughters too and i was like he Yikes. did and i'm like sorry yeah <laughs> I had a teacher, and I know you'll know who I'm talking about, who was my middle school teacher. Okay. And this, I'm like, okay, this, these are like not monsters in this, like the same fantastical sense, but they were monsters. Yes. He, so we were, you know, remembrance of 9 11. Mm-hmm. I was the only brown kid in the class, mm. um, came and stood behind me while he was giving a speech about patriotism, and then like, made full eye contact with me and only talked to me when he said some people might agree with the terrorists and what believe the? what they're saying is correct. Wait, I actually... I don't. I don't know who this is. Oh, good. We'll keep it I that way. I feel like you've told me that story, but I don't know yeah. who. And I felt like I was a little bit insane because I was like, that's... Like, is he looking at... Like, is he talking <laughs> to me directly? And then he, like, moved on after a while and I made eye contact with another kid in our school who looked at me and was like, hey, what the fuck was that and i was like oh thank god i'm not the only one who saw that you're like i'm not losing it yeah and i was like oh god. good i'm the only brown person here and this is what's going on he was also yeah. really into this will give it away he was also really he's like from germany and like really into just like like germany and like yelling at us in german and just like it was a lot oh my god i think i don't remember the person's name but i think i know who you're talking like i yeah. have a, i have a vibe that's <laughs> Wow. I was like, as soon as I typed that question out, I was like, I have my answer. Yeah. So we just yeah. described a, you know, a potential monster, yes. a misogynist, and a racist. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> a good mix. I mean, I feel really, now we've thrown them in the pot together, that first teacher, even though she didn't like me, 
I I didn't hate her. Like I was just, yeah, like, I didn't just grumpy. Yeah. Like yeah, I like I genuinely you. am like I felt like she could be a fury. Like she's just, yeah. you know, like a little little angry, has a yeah. lot going on. Uh, speaking of, why did Mrs. Dodds well, I mean, I guess to get Percy, but like she had to pose for a whole year as a teacher. Can you imagine she had to and learn she math? Hates children. <laughs> she had to learn math. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what level of math is, like, what grade is he in, like, seventh grade, sixth grade? Sixth grade, yeah. All right, well, that's my my questions for you. Amazing. Mm. Love it. <sighs> All right, so we're we're at the end of our episode. Do you have any, any updates to give us, us, us listeners? I have an update. It's kind of an update. It's not really an update. I think I want to change my, my godly parent. Um... So I feel like I chose Poseidon. I think we t- I talked about it in this first episode because I yes. was like I, I like Percy. But I was thinking, and this might be a little controversial, but Persephone. Which for the longest Ooh. time, by the way, I thought was pronounced Persephone, because I'm an idiot. Persephophone. Persephophone. Mm-hmm. Which is like <laughs> I was like, what a weird word. Cause I used to read those books like have a hot. Is it a purse phone? It's a purse phone. Cause I used to read those books like <laughs> have a hot day, Hades, and I was like, oh, phone home, Persephone. phone. That's like how I read it in my brain. <laughs> and now, oh, by the way, I looked it up like yesterday because I was thinking about it, and I'm just an idiot because it's have a hot one, Hades, and phone home, oh. Persephone. It's just like an alliteration. It doesn't have to rhyme. I just no, it made doesn't. it rhyme in my brain, and I was like, that's why it's called Persephone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But um, does she have children? Like, I thought she was one of the ones that, like, didn't cheat on her on her. She husband. did. She had one um, famous lover, Adonis. There was a, there's a whole mm. mythology, I believe, from a quick internet search, um, <laughs> where she has a an affair with Adonis who has to choose between her and and uh, Aphrodite, because I think he's just very oh, that's attractive. A, that's a hard pick. And so they, like, kind of <laughs> share him, which is hilarious, and then he dies. Hmm. I think Ares kills him naturally. I don't remember. But I was thinking more about because I, I'm born very close to spring. I, But I kind of have, like, a, I'm a very bubbly person, but I like the idea of, like, having a little bit of a, you know, a darker side. It's definitely my humor. You have underworldly vibes. Yeah, exactly. Without, you know, in the most innocent way possible. But, like, like, darker sense of humor. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. also, I love, I'm a big plant mom. I have a lot of plants. (laughs) I know a lot about plants. So I wanted to say her, but she doesn't have any children. She doesn't have a cabin. And it's also, like, if I existed in the Percy Jackson world as Persephone, like, a child of Persephone, Hades would kill me so fast. You'd be dead. Immediately. Yeah. And no one would, like, try to defend me. They're like, oh, this flower child? Like, let her die. Yeah. yeah. I know they say, like, you could be, like, a champion of Persephone, too. Which is, like, means that she blesses you. But also, like, I would still die. You would still die. <laughs> I would still you? immediately die. I have yeah. to go up against Hades. Yeah. Yeah. It would not end well. My, I mean, yeah. my definitely would be an orphan. Like, my father would not last. Yeah. No. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, um, so next week, we're going to go into chapters four, five, and six. Which means we're going to camp. And we're going to meet our favorite wise girl. I'm so excited. I love Annabeth. And so please remember to follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, send us any discourse or lightning round questions you want us to kind of discuss. Or if you just want to, like, have a conversation with us email at us camphalfpod at gmail.com and all of this will be in the episode description and please remember to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast if you enjoyed this if you didn't enjoy this um you don't need to review review. yeah don't don't do it just (laughs) leave just leave i don't know why you're still listening (laughs) (laughs) goodbye okay see you next week or hear you next week oh yeah (laughs) bye